Hello and welcome to that 90s wrestling podcast. Wrestling podcast takes us back to the glory years of WWE, the 1990s. I'm your host, James Sunso, joined once again by my co-host, Kevin. Hey, how you doing, everybody? And today, we've got a very special guest. He's a two-time WWE Tag Team Champion. Some people remember him as Shanghai Pierce. Some people as Henry Godwin. What we know him today is Mean Mark Canterbury. How are you doing, Mark? Oh, I'm doing good. Wow, that was a... Uh, I haven't heard that in a, in a couple of years. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, believe me, uh, Mark, I've done my research. I don't, I, I don't leave anything unturned. <laughs> Yeah, he's, a, <laughs> yeah. he's a thorough guy, that's for sure. So your mind, if you haven't, if you haven't thought about your career in a long time, don't worry, you're gonna get all of it flashing in front of your eyes after this interview today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. So how you doing, Mark? Anyway, um, I was, uh, I know you, uh, we was meant to record last night, but you had a few uh, storm troubles. Is that uh, all passed over now? Uh, well, it's still storming a little bit. Uh, got up this morning, had a bear tearing my in my front yard, tearing my bird feeder down. So I had sure that. <laughs> that. That's a wow. bad bear. That's a bad, bad bear. Yeah. Oof. And I hear you on the storm bit. I'm in. I'm on the east coast as well. I'm up in Pennsylvania though, um, and we we're getting hit with a little bit of rain ourselves. Oh uh, yeah, our power went out yesterday. I'm down here in uh, southern West Virginia. Oh, and it got our power went off, and uh, we had uh, a lot of rain, flooding, a little flooding. Oh yeah, and that's a, that's kind of a scary area. Lots of uh, lots of uh, grass and dirt, so you can create a lot of mud. When I've been through there, at least you know, yeah. and, and you got you know, it's a little hilly, the mountaineers, you know. Yeah, I'm right here against uh, the Appalachian Trail, and uh, mm. it uh, a lot of streams coming out of these old mountains and creeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. So, right, Max, so I suppose the uh, first question I ask you, I asked everyone this. Uh, how did you uh, become a fan of uh, wrestling to begin with? How did what? How did you become a, a fan of wrestling uh, in your childhood, I suppose? Believe it or not, watching it with my grandfather when I'd come to West Virginia from Northern Virginia. They got like yeah. three channels on their new TV, and one of them was uh, wrestling out of the uh, middle part of West Virginia, Oak Hill. Oh. Cool. And, um, yeah, uh, I similar situation for myself. Uh, I became a wrestler. My father was a wrestling fan, and he had all the videotapes lying about, and uh, I just became a fan myself. So similar sort of situation, I suppose. And uh, I... I was just looking about how you got into your training and uh, your longtime tag team partner, uh, Dennis Knight, a.k.a. Phineas for everyone. Uh, you met him uh, quite early on in your career. Yeah, uh, I was a uh, Italian stallion and gorgeous George South was taking me to Atlanta and I was uh, doing jobs down there and then Cowboy Bill Watts took over, and Eric graduated from college, and they brought him in. And I, uh, Dusty and Cowboy liked the way I, me and Eric had a match on TV. So they told me that night, they said, well, we'd like you to go on the road. I said, when? They said, now. <laughs> so uh, That's a little sudden. Some of the boys, some of the boys, all I had was my gear and what I was well. wearing. So 
Arn Anderson give me some Zubas and everybody was giving me pants and shirt to take on the road. And, uh, then I was scared to death because I was in the car with, uh, Harley race barbarian and Hercules Hernandez. And I was in the back seat with barbarian. Man, that's a, <laughs> that's a tough car. Man. Oh, that's wow. A, that's crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and uh, I done some research, and like uh, I didn't realize, to be honest, Mark. Um, obviously, I know you like from WWF purely, which we'll get to in a minute. But I didn't realize you actually started out in WCW, and um, you were Sh- Sh- Shanghai Piers, and uh, uh, Dennis Knight. He was uh, Texas Salinger, and uh, Dusty actually put a mask on you. And from what I've seen, the reason Dusty uh, put a mask on you is he said you was too good looking to be to be a heel. <laughs> Yeah, he said I had a baby face and Tex was ugly enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, uh, I, I was just looking through a few of your matches and that, and I noticed uh, eventually you got to the one match where you faced uh, Johnny B. Bad, which for a lot of people, they remember him more as Mark Merrow. And uh, that was the match where you lost and you actually uh, lost your mask. So um, I suppose the question is, do you prefer wrestling with a mask on or mask off? You know, I sort of like the mask on. I just felt like, uh, I mean, like, I don't know. I just, I felt different under the mask. Like I could do yeah. anything. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. Was it like kind of, uh, when, you know, cause when you go out there and you perform, you are performing as a character, whether, it really is a huge part of your, you know, your actual real life personality, or it's just purely a character. I mean, it, you wear a mask to some degree, whether it's like emotionally or not. But when you literally have one on, does it feel that you can just transform more easily? Yeah, it does. I, and when you're heel, I mean, damn, I felt like I was a bad boy with that mask on. <laughs> and that's kind of an interesting. I think it's interesting, and maybe you can confirm this or not, but. When you have the mask on, maybe because people can't see your face, you have to be more dramatic with your the rest of your body and your gestures as a heel, right? Right. And w- and one thing about my mask, I had two or three that I kept all the time, a black one and a red one. And, but mine were the, the mouthless. The mouth was open, so mm-hmm. it was a lot more comfortable. You could breathe better. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and... Uh... I was noticing not long after this, you eventually joined the WWF Worldwide Res- uh, World Wrestling Federation, as it was called back then in '94. Uh, you debuted in mid '94, and uh, as you came as Henry O. Godwin, which for a lot of people, uh, uh, O actually standed for uh, is it Orpheus. Have I got that right? <laughs> Orpheus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Henry Orpheus Godwin. Yeah. Me and Beth um, come up with that because he wanted my initials to be Hog. That's right. No. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. And, yeah, uh, Henry O. Godwin. I feel like an idiot for not knowing that. Oh, well, they yeah, that. And, uh, actually, I think his grandfather's middle name was Orpheus. Is right. somewhere in his uh, somewhere in his family tree. That's how he came up with that name because it was either his grandfather or his great grandfather, something like that. That's a pretty, right, that's a pretty prestigious that. sounding name. I love it. Orpheus. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, uh, I, yeah, I, I went and, up uh, there like a year before Tex come up there. 
you know, Dennis. I was yeah. up there a year. And actually, Harley Racing, Kevin Nash is the one that uh, put a word in for me. And then J.J. Dillon called me like three weeks later and said, fly up, you know, we want to meet you. And I flew up there and signed my contract and went and Vince's little hideaway secret office there with him and JJ. And we talked for like two or three hours and went over just all kinds of history and, you know, what I used to do. And I, I told the, I told him, we know we farmed a lot and it was like a light bulb went off in his head. Yeah. You know, I got to say real quick, that's, it's absolutely amazing. You just said Kevin Nash is one of the people that gave you, uh, that basically talked you up a bit. And so I think so much in the wrestling world, he's known as a selfish guy for the money he made, you know, going to the WCW. But I routinely hear from, you know, like the boys that they liked him. Um, it's usually only people who are looking at money or these fans that feel like he robbed them or something that he's a bad guy, but universally it's pretty good. So it's nice to hear that he, uh, helped you out a little bit there. Oh yeah. Uh, see, we lived in Marietta a lot. Some of the boys lived in uh, a place called La Park in Marietta, which is, you know, 15, 20 minutes from downtown Atlanta. So we did TVs there at center stage all the time, but mm -hmm. Kevin lived the floor above me and me and Dennis there in, uh, in the same establishment. And Max Payne lived there, and uh, there was a couple others. Uh, Ryan James, Road Dog, he lived there with us for a while. Oh, Benoit yeah. stayed. Benoit stayed two months with me in Texas when he started in WCW. Wow. But back to Kevin. Kevin was. Uh, Kevin really helped me in Texas out when we first started in WCW. We used to run around him a lot, but Barry Wyndham's the one that really took us under his wing, and Barry lived with us too. But uh, oh, Kevin's an awesome guy. Me and him had a great match on Monday Night Raw, and yeah, we've just always been close. That's awesome. That's really great to hear. I'm I'm glad that he helped you up, and it sounds like at one point I think he got discovered by someone randomly, and they put a word in for him. So it's good to see uh, everybody looking out for each other like that, you know. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you one. I gotta tell you one thing on Kevin. Mm -hmm. I hope it's okay. <laughs> we were <laughs> and him and his wife. You know, they lived. He was a she's a school teacher, but anyway, he was supposed to take their little dog out for a walk. Well, he would come by our apartment, and <laughs> we would partake in some herbage. Okay. And he would forget to take his dog out. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah can can you. Sorry, yeah. if there happens to be like little delays, that's probably just because, you know, there's three of us. So if we ever skip over, just kinda talk through us. <laughs> yeah, I was uh Kevin would come down and uh Tex always had plenty of weed. Kevin would get messed up get to take the dog out and go back up, the dog would use the bathroom in the apartment. So that happened a couple times to him. So we used to tease him about that. His wife would get on him and say, you must have been down to Shanghai, Texas apartment. <laughs> <laughs> the dog messed uh, up again. Like, Clearly you were hanging out with those boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. So as you uh, came into the WWF, Mark, um, you uh, originally debuted as a heel, and uh, I was looking for the research, looking for some of your matches, and uh, 
one of the early matches when you came in. You actually wrestled uh, Bret Hart, so uh, I suppose, and it was a really fun match. Uh, I loved it, and so I suppose the two questions for this was like, first thing, it was a great match, but secondly, uh, how did you get along with Bret, and what was he like behind the scenes? Uh, a lot of people said he was kind of a bit of a loner. Uh, how did you find him? Uh, he had a small circle. Yeah. And fortunately, uh, some of us were in that. I loved Brett and I loved that one too, you know? Uh, but Brett was, he was a lone wolf, but I know when he come out, he would go to places that nobody else would go. So we went out with him a few times and he was a blast. He's just laid back. He's, you know, down to earth. And, uh, I had a great time with him. Cool. And uh, we spoke to one of your former colleagues and um, one of your former friends, uh, Duke, and he said the uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, he said the same thing. They said Brett was cool, but he, if he wanted to stay by himself, he would so. So it, he, it sounds like round the board, that's the same sort of attitude Brett gave off to a lot of people. He was cool with people, but he was just a bit more reserved than most people. But um, so it's good to hear that. And um, but you, you wasn't healed for long. You actually turned babyface quite quick on the uh, Million Dollar Corporation. You started your feud with them. And, uh, yeah, uh, you uh, put the bucket of uh, slop over DiBiase. And, uh, right, Max, I've heard stories. There's the good slop and the bad slop. Is that true? There was there was one bad slop. But, unfortunately, <laughs> Sonny got that. Well, oh, that was perfect. the question. Uh, uh, I, I, we'll, we'll stick a pin on that one because so, we are going to get back to it later on. But I did hear stories about that. But um, but yeah, as you started out, your main feud to begin with was with the uh, Million Dollar Corporation. And uh, at your, your first pay-per-view was at In Your House 2. Again, and then your second pay-per-view you had was at In Your House 3 against uh, Sid. Uh, so you was in the... Quite prolific feuds, uh, but wrestling Sid. Uh, what was uh, Sid like? Uh, I hear he's a bit of a character. <laughs> uh, it was fun, but you know, Sid was not the best wrestler. He looked good, no, and he could move yeah. around for a big man. But yeah, he he was uh, he was just a big man. He was in a but it was fun, you know. DiBiase, I love DiBiase. They they used to. They say we were kin because we looked a lot alike, you know. And uh, yeah, I used to call him dad, you know, and he called me his son out goofing around or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, DB, he was he was cool. And uh, the first time I slapped him, yeah, it was okay. Then the next two times, see, he got it three times, so he made Vince buy his last two suits. Oh well. <laughs> That's fun, and uh, and not long after that, you was at the uh, Survivor Series '95, and you teamed up with uh, Fatu, which everyone knows him now as uh, Rikishi, Savio Vega, and the Undertaker, and you de- defeated Jerry Lawler, Triple H, uh, Mabel, and Isaac Yankum, and uh, he was also known as Kane. Uh, so yeah, so a lot of people know as you're part of the legendary uh, BSK, the Bone Street Crew, and. Uh, I suppose, and we obviously we never really saw that on TV. But I suppose this Survivor Series match is the closest we'll ever see that being on the TV. So, uh, yeah, uh, BSK. So uh, we heard that it was 
Is it true that it all started for your love of uh, dominoes? What's that? What was the last part there? Sorry. Uh, so is it true that uh, the reason you cut the Bone Street uh, crew was because you played Bones uh, dominoes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we... Uh, that was our big thing was to slam them dominoes down. But, yeah, BSK, that was... Uh, we were a close group. You know, I still talk to... Uh, Godfather and Rikishi and supposed to be going out there to Vegas this year and uh, oh, cool. going to hang out with them boys, I hope. So I'd love to get a BSK reunion together, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, hey, Mark, if ever you just want to do a BSK re- reunion on the podcast, you know who to come to. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So what's the craziest BSK story you can tell us? And um, by the way, this uh, podcast is unfiltered. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, shoot. There's there's a lot of uh, BSK stories. I just don't know how far I can go with them. <laughs> oh, go for it. <laughs> well, top the uh, Kevin Nash story. You just got to beat that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'll have to think on that. Uh, we had some pretty interesting nights. Uh, I'll have to think on that a little bit. Well, then, could I <laughs> could I jump in and uh, say real quick? I um, I was watching basically some material from uh, Undertaker, and uh, Taker was telling a story about. I don't. He didn't specifically say who was in the room, but he said uh, there was a whole. There's a time, you know. He's with some of the boys. He's with Godfather and. Godfather's wearing a great hat and Taker's like, Hey, that's a, you know, it's a pretty nice hat. And Godfather's like, listen, bro, it's yours. And uh, Taker won't take it being a nice guy. And Godfather's trying to give it to him being another nice guy. And supposedly they have a knockout fight over Godfather wanting to give him this hat and Taker refusing to take it back and forth, physically fighting each other. Were you, <laughs> were you there? Did you see it? Or did you just happen to hear about it? I heard about it. But I can tell you, this that brings to mind. I had I thought I had fractured my foot. We were in Florida. I think we were in uh, Miami, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was Tampa. It was Tampa, and we were at a hotel, and we had like a suite, and uh, me and Taker and uh, Phineas Dennis had went out that night. And we just went close to the hotel and went to a little bar and had dinner and then started drinking. Well, by the time we got out of that place and got back to the hotel, we were feeling pretty good. And Tex was helping me. I was limping. We got in the room and me and Taker and Dennis started wrestling. And we tore the damn room apart. (laughs) It was hilarious. Stuff like that. Who paid the bill? <laughs> Taker. He made more money. <laughs> that's, that's the right answer. That's a good friend. <laughs> that's great. I loved Mark, man. He, he was really good to us, and uh, you know, he was he's he's a great guy. Do you think the uh, the uh, BSK like never really like it never really manifest? I mean, because like the click had that uh, the curtain call moment. Uh, do you think it never really manifests itself because everyone was so committed to their to their gimmicks that you know, like I know, I know, like Mark, he's he's taker all the time, although he's loosening that lately. But do you think that played a factor, or was more so 
the click was just unique in that they didn't mind having that moment? Well, we were we were more laid back. We didn't want all the attention. Like when we went out, we went out to chill together. Mm-hmm. Now it was like a family. We didn't compete with each other. Uh, when wrestling was over that night and we got together, it was a family. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. you know, it was uh, I couldn't be with my boys and my wife, you know, because it was on the road and this and that. And, but I really miss my boys. But being with a close-knit family on the road helped me more than anything. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I, I've noticed, uh, and I think you've spoken about this uh, on other interviews I've watched you do, I feel like a lot of the wrestlers currently, even they're more professional, I suppose you could say, but they, a lot of them seems to keep themselves to themselves, and a lot of them just puts the headphones in, just play the video games or look at the social media. Whereas in all the um, interviews I've looked at and like books I've read, all of all, like you said, the boys was all together, just helping each other out, just make basically keeping each other sane on them road trips and on them, all them miles you were doing. And it's something I think is missing from today's wrestling. That's that's missing from our from our whole society. Everybody's on the damn phones and computers, and nobody talks right. to each other anymore. See, we we would uh, just like that night, me and Taker and uh, Dennis were wrestling. We were all three staying in one room, you know, because we liked each other's company. We hung out, and that's what we did, and and that's the way. That's what's missing now. Everybody pops their headphones in and gets on that damn computer or whatever they got. I, iPads and all that crap now, and uh, yeah, I just I'm I'm not into that. I'm old school. I like talking. Yeah, I'm the same, Mark, and so is Kevin. Uh, no, no, me. I'm super new school. I like Kevin. I like the iPads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why, I mean, we got one. We got one, but it just doesn't. I don't make it. I don't let it rule my my day, my life. You know, I still like yeah. to hang out with people talk shit and you know drink beer or whatever you know oh yeah i I I I fully admit this is one of my personality flaws but i can't help it i was born in 1990 i'm I'm 30 now but i grew up you know learning how to type in class and stuff that's a different generation (laughs) you still appreciate the good stuff oh absolutely yeah of course i'm sitting here talking to henry o godwin I, uh, I remember back in the day, I, like the the reason why I got into wrestling is primarily because I have an uncle who was in the business. Now he's always a small guy. Uh, his name's Art Palmer. If there's any chance you would know his name, um, and he would uh, he would basically have you know he would tape all the pay per views and stuff, and I would try to watch Monday nights. And like the number one pay per view that I always remember is the '96 Royal Rumble, and it's. I th- I think it was the first or second that Sean won, but either way you had a big moments in that. Cause I remember the slot buck and everything. I remember you threw it at sunny or you were going to throw it at sunny. Uh, Cause I think you had a tag match against the body Donna's earlier, I think. Um, but I remember you very prominently. So that's, that's a very cool thing. And that's something I only experienced. That was my entertainment back then. <laughs> now I can pull it up on the iPad, I guess though. <laughs> cool. And uh, getting back to your career, uh, Mark, uh, so one of your most memorable matches was at In Your House 5, the uh, Hogpen match against Triple H, and uh, Hillbilly Jim came in as a referee, and uh, it was a brutal match, and uh, I know that 
uh, Triple H got a few cuts on him, and uh, even though he won the match, you ended up chucking him in the uh, the pig <laughs> the the uh, what, pig pen, and uh, yeah, I can imagine. Did he get infected or anything like that with all them open cuts? <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was open pretty good. He got fifteen stitches when I threw him into the gate. Uh, yeah. It bent and it cut his. He had fifteen stitches, and I and I always tease him. I said, "Well, I scarred you for life." <laughs> oh, <And> literally. <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't really know it was that bad, and I and then I you know, picked him up over my head and held him for a second and then threw him down back first. And then we were afraid when we got back there, he was going to get staff or something because them hogs would shit all day in there and run around. Well, that's uh, crazy. Um, and not long after this, like you said, your good friend uh, Phineas came in, to, uh, came in and uh, you still started tagging. And uh, in the lead up to WrestleMania 12, he's, basically he was in the tag team tournament. You defeated the... New Rockers in the first round, Bulldog and Owen round two. Uh, t- unfortunately, you lost in the final uh, against the uh, Body Dunners. And uh, we talked a little bit about her earlier, but let's go for it. Talk about Sunny. Um, what was she like during the day? Uh, and what was the uh, infamous uh, slot bucket? <laughs> Sunny, was, Sunny could be difficult. And, uh, and uh, we were on a Germany tour and she was being a regular little sport brat. Yeah. But they used to make us uh, dinner. We had a, a group that traveled with us, and uh, they would cook our meals right there at the building, and then they would send food to back to the hotel with us. We'd just put our name on it, and they would fill it up with whatever we wanted. And uh, I don't think I told you guys a story about what happened with Sonny. No. No. Okay, well, Let's do it. you know, uh, the caterers all made this food. Like, we get steak, chicken, spaghetti. That was pretty much the regular thing. <clears throat> well, you put your name on this tin, the lid, and they would make your meal. And you take, after the show's over, you take it back to the hotel and you got food to eat. So, uh, Sonny had got her tin and had spaghetti and chicken in it. Well, Razor... And the kid oh, got no. her, her tin, took the food out, and shit in the bottom of it, <laughs> covered it up, put her food back in on it, and closed the tin back. When she got to the hotel that night and opened it, it hit her, and she started crying and ran, and Briscoe sent her home the next day. Wow. True story. Oh, oh good old kid. <laughs> good old Sean Waltman. <laughs> oh, That's probably not the first time or the last time he shared in a sandwich or in a meal. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as the slop one, uh that night and on Raw, I I you know, I always made my slop because out of stuff that we had at Vince always fed us at at the capies. Mm-hmm. So we had a big spread of food and I'd always make my slop out of that. Well, I filled it about half the way up cause I knew she was going to get slop. So I made a little extra. It was about half full bucket. I went in the locker room where everybody was and I set it down and I said, don't nobody mess with this. Sonny's getting slopped tonight. <laughs> and I walked out. So innocent of you. 
You're you were making sure <laughs> that she was taken care of. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't do nothing to it. So I I warned everybody. I said, "Boys, don't mess with this." <laughs> When I went, when I picked it up at the end of the night and was headed to the ring, it was about an inch from the top from being full. <laughs> and I didn't know what was in it. I knew I, I didn't want it on me, but I knew I didn't know what I was in it. And I found out when I got back to the locker room afterwards. <laughs> oh, it was brutal. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you find out because it was yeah, uh, it was to- all over Sonny's costume or? <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, you know, she had little shorts on and a, and a shirt, and then she had cowboy boots on, which were pretty wide at the top. And when Phineas dumped that over, I was standing on the ground, and I seen that stuff just filling her boots up, and I was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> and it was oh. over her face and head. And... That makes me so happy. Oh. I I had a huge crush on Sonny back in the day because who didn't, you know, but in hindsight, it's really funny to see that the character was a little bratty and she kind of was behind the scenes and probably deserved that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she did. She's better now, but me and her took a picture up in uh, West Virginia last year. She did it. Me and her did a show together up there and I actually give her the bucket. It was it was empty. But she held it over my head, and I was like she was going to slap me. So that was a famous picture <laughs> last year. Oh, I have to see that. I haven't seen that. Dang. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so um, after Mania 12, you uh, continued your feud with uh, Body Donners and Sonny. And uh, at uh, the MSG show, you uh, finally done it, and you won the uh, tag team titles. Uh, how does that feel, being tag team champions at the time? Madison Square Garden, yeah. That's where it was. You win them at the garden. Uh, That's the place to do it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't a, they taped it, but it wasn't a televised uh, match, Mm -hmm. but we won them there that night. And, uh, man, it was, the place went crazy. And they had, the the fire marshals had said there were too many people there. People were standing in the aisles and, we won that that night, and I think I jumped over Hillbilly's head. I was it was <laughs> wow. so, so cool. Was just the atmosphere, and I knew a lot of people on at ringside that just hardcore wrestling fans from New York and Jersey, and and to see them people just erupt, it was awesome. And I remember throwing my John Deere hat out in the ring, out of the ring into the crowd, yeah. and I just seen a couple people going for it, and about. Four months later, we were at a mall up there doing an autograph session, and the guy that got it brought my hat to me, and I signed it and dated it. Oh, that's cool. That's, <laughs> and give it that's back. Great. That's a really good piece of memorabilia right there. The night you won the titles in yeah. the garden. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, was that the same night as the uh, curtain call as well then, Mark? Uh... You know, it might have been. I can't remember because I wrestled seven or eight times in the garden. Right. And then, you know, after a while, they all start running together. (laughs) Yeah, because I was putting, putting, like, the timeline together, and this was uh, just after Mania 12, which um, Sid and Razor 
Uh, yeah, said Razor. Diesel and Razor just left not long after Man uh, U as well. And one of the last shows they done was at the Garden with a curtain call. So I was kind of putting two and two together. But um, I suppose my question is. Um, after they done the Kurt and Cole, and basically, I know they killed. I know it wasn't a tape show, but they still killed kayfabe for the fans. Uh, what was your reaction and the reaction from the locker room when they went out and done that, for example? Uh, you know, I didn't see it happen because I was talking or so. I was in the shower or talking or something, but I think it did happen that night. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I noticed uh, a lot of the boys were very upset about it. And it was, I mean, it was sort of like a slap in the face. And But, uh, you know, it, I guess it all worked out, but a lot of people weren't very happy with it. Did anyone confront yeah. them about it? Or were they just, like, behind closed doors upset that you know of? Um... Uh, I can't remember to be honest, but it seems like there were some people talking shit mm. about it. Uh, yeah, because I I know it was a little difficult, you know, considering who was in there. I mean, all reports say that like Shawn Michaels was pretty bulletproof at the time. Uh, you know, Nash and uh, Nash and Hall were leaving it, so Triple H ended up getting you know the the brunt of that. He got the yeah, he got the blunt of it. But I know Taker wasn't happy about it. And he was he was definitely yeah he was, he was definitely bulletproof at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, uh, and a few months after this, uh, um, well, you lost your titles uh, to Smoking Guns and the, had a rematch at the King of the Ring. Uh, but at this King of the Ring show was the infamous uh, Austin three sixteen. So uh, I suppose the uh, question is like, uh, how was Austin behind him? the scenes and uh, what was his reactions to uh, Austin 316 and when he cut that promo did everyone in the back think yeah this guy's going to be the main man in the, in the future yeah I don't I don't recall all that but Austin was a great guy we used to when we were in WCW we used to hang out with when they were the uh, the blonde uh, him and Pillman yeah. we, we used to go out to Steve's house, just me and Tex, and we'd go out there and cook out and just hang out all night, drink beer and eat. And he was a great guy to be around. And you know, he he was a uh, he was a big influence, you know, at the time up there. He was he was the man too. Yeah. And um, yeah, and uh, not long after this again. Um, you um, had, um, well, McFoley, Mankind, just came in as well, not long after, that in your house nine, and uh, you wrestled him. Um, from what I've heard, everyone says there's three guys who are too kind for the wrestling business. Uh, McFoley, Glenn Jacobs, obviously Kane, and Owen Hart. Uh, I'm guessing you agree with that. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do got to say one thing about Kane. He was uh, one night in Germany. They we got him drunk. Well, it, was, it, was, it was an ugly sight. He he's a horrible drunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the prettiest guy sober either. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was hugging everybody and laughing and real loud and so. 
I don't I don't think he did that anymore after that. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's a mayor now. He, he probably can, right? <laughs> he's, uh, the mayor down in Knoxville. He's uh see me and him when I lived in Tennessee, me and him used to fly out together out of Knoxville Airport. Mm. And he still lives down there and my son Shane lives maybe twenty minutes from him. Oh cool. But uh yeah, he's in there. Oh, good. Tennessee's a beautiful state. Just want to throw that out there. Love it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, not long after this, well, um, he was in the Survivor Series again uh, with Phineas. He was teaming up with LaFon and Fairness, and uh, he's defeated uh, Bulldog, Owen, and uh, the Rockers. And around about this time as well, um, Bret Hart just came back after his leave of absence. And uh, the question I wanted to ask you as well, because during this time, you saw Diesel was champion at the time, and also Shawn Michaels and uh, Brett. Who, in your opinion, was the best locker room leader out of them three uh, who conducted themselves the best, do you think? Uh, I would say probably Brett, I mean, yeah. Kevin, and then. That sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, um, I asked I asked the same question to Duke last week, and uh, he said the same exact as you. He said Brett was always more professional. He said Diesel was good, but he felt like it was too soon for Diesel. But Sean was just Sean, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Me and Duke were pretty close up there too. You know, we used, we had a little run there and. Uh, but yeah, they didn't treat Duke right. I don't think. But I don't. It, yeah, it was a. It's Duke. They promised him, you know, a couple. They were going to push him, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know what happened there. It's I don't recall some of that, but yeah, I don't I don't know what happened there. Duke was a good worker. Yeah. Because they clearly were going to try to. Because again, I'm citing the '96 Rumble. Um, he was uh, he was the number thirty entrant, um, and they were hyping him up pretty big. You know, when he went he went against Triple H, so he won the number thirty spot, and they were talking him up a lot. So it, it's amazing how you can kind of get that. I, I would say clear push, and then it just fall apart, and they just seem to lose faith in the guy for no reason. Yeah, that that's happened to a lot. Uh... Uh, several of the guys, I think, you know, and yeah, uh, it sort of happened to us, you know. We uh, we won the belts twice, and uh, Vince Russo is the one that really screwed us on that that asshole. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I told him I said, <laughs> he said uh, we weren't believable because we were hillbillies dressed in overalls, and I said. Well, you come home with one with me one weekend and walk down my little town and see what the hell everybody's wearing. It ain't, it's a shoot. It it ain't fake. No, there's a, yeah. like overalls are functional for the for that kind of work that your character was like. Yeah, <laughs> Vin, yeah Vince has his moments. <laughs> yeah, you have guys that never wrestled and they just read stuff and try to invent stuff and and I think he was one of those guys, you know, and. uh he want, they wanted us in the suit, so we went to Southern Justice. 
And but then I, you know, I'd already broke my neck. Hell, I was wrestling seven weeks with a broken neck, and we were supposed to win the belts in September against yeah. Road Dog and uh, Billy Badass. Yeah, that's just. That's and we just... were supposed to get the belt. And they said, "How do you feel?" And I said, "I'm hurting." And they said, well, "Well, you need to go home after tonight's match and find out what's going on with your neck." And then that's when I had to have spinal fusion done. And me and Austin had the same C six C seven fusion, so that sort of missed that in the book. Yeah, uh, that'll that slow was... down a career. Oh my God, I'm sorry you had to go through that, bud. Yeah, I, uh, that was a. That was a pretty rough thing to go through because I had told the office I wasn't comfortable doing that night, doing it that night, that move, because, you know, I didn't want to stooge Hawk out. He was all, he was messed up on something and I didn't feel comfortable doing it. So mm -hmm. we talked to uh, Blackjack, you know, Lanza, he was the agent and, uh, damn, I forget who else was on that that night. But they, you know, said, why don't we just do the move where I, me and Hawk, me and Animal go down together instead of the flip off his shoulders. I said, I just don't feel comfortable doing it. I didn't say why. I didn't stooge nobody out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I, and that, the office wants you to take the flip. And Phineas even said, I'll do it. I've taken it before. And they said, no, they want Henry to do it. So I went out there and did it. And sure enough, broke my neck that night. Ouch. So, and that's just even worse because you're just you're pleading with them like, listen, I, I I got my reasons. It doesn't really matter. I'm just asking you to respect that I really don't want to do this when I normally don't turn things down. And they still just yeah. didn't uh, you know let it go. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the only thing that really left a sour taste in my mouth with WWE was that. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I left there on I I give my respect and I expected it back and. Uh, that's just the way I was. I was quiet. I kept myself, and uh, but yeah, that left uh, that still gripes my ass about mm -hmm. that. But you know, yeah. that's what it is. And um, well, after you um, broke your neck, um, you came back, and uh, you and uh, Phineas had a bit of a character change, and. Uh, Tent heel, but to be honest, one of the things like it was a terrible accident. What happened to you? But um, it led to your heel turn, and I've always said uh, a heel turn works where there's when there's a point where the heel believes they're right, and that's what it was like for you. Because the reason you turned heel was because Road Warriors broke your neck, and you wanted to get your revenge on them, which was fully justified. And that's what made the heel turn uh, work, and it gave you a new lease of life. It, it, don't uh, don't get me wrong; you you were still working really well as faces, but it was time to switch things up maybe and your heel turn it worked it worked really well last year i made it my mission of watching like every raw 97 and every time i watched an episode yous were like the highlight for me i was like oh here comes the godwins and uh yous were doing really good uh, stuff uh, like when you came back and you was working with the war uh, warriors again and uh the headbangers for example and uh at in your house bad bloods uh you won the uh, tag titles for the second time which must have felt uh, pretty good yeah, yeah, it it felt good, but Vince Russo always spoke up, and we couldn't keep him more than a month, you know, and so it, it really 
pissed me off. But, because, uh, you know, I was loyal to that company and dedicated and would do anything they asked me to do if I was able to do it. And Texas yeah. was that way, too. Uh, you know, just... And, and yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. And, uh, well, it must be pretty uh, bittersweet this pay-per-view as well, Bad Blood, because obviously you've won the tag team titles, which was good, but obviously, I don't know if it was later on that day or the next day, you found out that um, Brian Pillman passed away. Uh, I'm guessing that was pretty sad for the locker room when they found out that news. Yeah, actually, we were the ones that took him to his room, me and Dennis and Animal. I didn't know we that. Were eating down, we were eating down in the restaurant and uh, we had to get up early because we had the pay-per-view the next day. Yeah. So we, uh, Brian was tore up and had taken a bunch of shit and was drinking beer. So we got him up to his room and got his shoes off and got him laying on the bed and we left. You know, he, yeah. was, he, was, he, he was just going to pass out. So the next morning... We all got up real early. We had to catch a flight, and everybody made their flight except Brian. And then they told us, like an hour before the damn show started, that Pillman had missed his flight, and they went and banged on the door and called for like an hour, and nothing happened. So they went in the room, and they, he was dead. So oh. we swarms to see him, and, you know, it sort of hit home, and... Uh, because we had, you know, tried to take care of him and got him to his room. He wasn't barely able to walk. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, that was rough. You know, you got a big match, and an hour before it, they tell you, uh, Pillman's dead, he won't be here, so we're going to change this up. So it was, it was horrible, man. I would have waited, but. Oh, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize no, they told me. you he was gone before the match. I thought maybe they told you, oh, we're checking into it. We know he didn't make it. But, wow, they told you the whole thing right before? Told everybody uh, what happened Jeez. before the pay-per-view, right pay-per-view. That's messed up. Um, pretty bad. And, yeah, um, and then, obviously, um, a few days later, you lost, like you said, a Russo just being a... Uh, New York hick, uh, not not thinking of anything outside New York, decided to, uh, what do you call it, cut your run short with the uh, tag belts, gave it to the Warriors. Uh, but then at Survivor Series, uh, you and the Outlaws defeated the Headbangers and the Blackjacks. And I don't know if you knew this, uh, Mark, you're actually free for free for, at Survivor Series. You've never been on the losing side. You've been on the winning side every time. Oh, yeah, the Survivor Series? Yeah, you've you've every Survivor Series team you've competed in has won, so you're undefeated at Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. You, that's you one like good thing. Or, you, you like Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, run the gauntlet in uh, Survivor Series. Even yeah, Russo so, uh, couldn't stop you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, later on this night, obviously, see uh, infamous. Montreal screw job. Um, what can you tell us? What was the backstage like? I can imagine it was crazy when it went down. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was pretty chaotic. I was standing in the hall when everybody was coming back, and you know, I, I've heard different things, and 
I believe Jim Cornette, if you watch the dark side of the ring about the Montreal screw job, I believe Cornette yeah. because he has no reason to lie and he's pretty straightforward, Cornette is. Oh, yeah. So, I love him. It was chaotic, and I know there was some fists thrown, you know, being punches being thrown in the back, and Brett was not happy, and Davy Boy was involved, and Shane and Vince, and <clears throat> I think Sean just sort of stayed clear. I think he went in the locker room afterward. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but yeah, it was it was a pretty bad scene there in the backstage. Yeah, and. Uh... Obviously, Brett left uh, Bulldog and uh, Jim Neidhart, like, three big characters. And uh, I've got a segment, like, towards the end of the show, what I'm going to do. But um, might be a good time to talk about him as, uh, now as well, I suppose. Uh, British Bulldog, uh, I heard he was uh, quite a good uh, prankster behind the scenes. Oh, damn, he was. And but Owen was ten times worse than Bulldog. <laughs> Owen, what? we we was working them. We 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 beat them in Penn at Penn State College. They had yeah. the belts when Tex first come in with me. We had a match there against them that night, and they were they were they were pretty good heels at the time, and we were just starting, so we were the big baby faces. Yeah, but we beat them that night in a non-title match, and we grabbed the belts, you know, after we won and. They took him back, you know, the ref and somebody else run out there, one of the agents, I think it was Tony Gurria, and they grabbed the belts from us. But, man, what a pop that night. It was, that was like our first big win together. I mean, it wasn't televised, but it was sold out there in Penn State. So it was pretty cool. And uh, But anyway, on the little shows, like we would run them Canada shows, and they would just be little towns, you know, maybe – uh, a couple thousand people at some of them, just little arenas, and it's cold as shit up there. And uh, but we and we did a lot of those ice hockey arenas up there in Canada. But yeah. one night, uh, the first night, Owen come out had a mouthful of water and come out and must have held it for like ten minutes. And the match started. Him and Tex locked up, and he spit water in Texas face, <laughs> and then started getting. Even that, that was his heat in the beginning. <laughs> 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 He's the best, and uh, another guy like taken way too soon away from everyone. And like we said earlier, him along with Foley and Kane, the three of the nicest guys in wrestling. So, such a shame. Uh, um, but, but yeah, the next thing you was involved in, uh, one of the stupidest ideas ever, but obviously from Russo, where uh, the brawl for all, uh, what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, I just, uh, I just had uh, sinus surgery, nose surgery. I had a deviated yeah. septum, so I just had surgery. All right, yeah, I uh, just had that uh, nose surgery and I didn't want to do the, the brawl for it all because of that. But then they talked me into it and I, and I did it and I didn't have any feeling for about a, a month in my, on the right side of my teeth. It was like, uh, and it was just nerves. 
can hear us. Yeah, we don't know if you disappeared. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, good. All right. So it did break up again while you were talking, but we don't want to keep making you repeat the same thing over and over again. Um, so, cause that would well, be a I was saying the brawl for it all was a uh, it was a massacre because people got some of the guys got hurt, you know, pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, and no one got well. That was the thing, Jim Cornette. Like you said, he just put it simple. He said no one came out came out of it any better than when they came into it. Every, all what happened was a lot of guys got injured, suffered really bad injuries, and not one star was made out of it. Um, so there's rumors why they done it. They said that Russo done it because he didn't like Bradshaw, and it was a way to get Bradshaw knocked out and. Other people said it was made for uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams for him to win it so he would be the next challenge of a stone code. But if that was the case, I'm like, why not just do it scripted? Like, like, yeah, like, like just a more wrestling match, you know what I mean? But just crazy what, why they actually done it. Who wants to see wrestlers box? We watch wrestling for wrestling, not for boxing. Yeah, it was it was a lot going on there too, and and back to uh, people getting screwed out of a job. You know, they didn't expect Bart Gunn to do what he did and knock yeah. out Doctor Death, and his father got knocked out. And I'm telling you, that night they were still loopy. It's pretty damn scary, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they were wanting Doctor Death to win it. Well, they should have made it that way instead of having everybody beat the shit out of each other <laughs> and get hurt. Yeah. And then and then they spark another shot. Whoever won it, they said we're going to give you a shot. And then yeah. they turn around. And them. So yeah, he faced up against yeah. Butterbean, right? Like and then that obviously yeah. he wasn't he wasn't gonna beat Butterbean. And that was that was pretty much Oh. Yeah, so you're, I mean, your phone's being glitchy, but that's okay. It's no big deal. I I just wanted to say that like I'm surprised that in that commentary that no one came out any any better. I still can't understand how you like they fell into Bart Gunn being a legitimate winner. Then why don't you just push them? Like it's it's amazing they went out of their way to kill it by using a professional boxer. <laughs> that was uh that was a yeah. miscalculation. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um but yeah and uh I suppose not long after this as well um you've had a gimmick change and became uh Southern Justice and uh accompanying Jeff Jarrett so uh, how did it feel like uh, a few people on Twitter has asked, uh, asked me to ask you this how did it feel like dropping the Godwins gimmick and uh, becoming Southern Justice was you happy about it or I can imagine you wasn't too happy about it well if it, if we could have if we could have made something out of it I think it was going to be great yeah. you know uh, Colonel Parker was our manager there for a little while and then Jeff Jarrett took over and that's when we were uh, he was having a feud with Kid and that's the night we shaved Howard Finkel's hair and oh, yeah. Howard said I'll never go here again after you guys cut it he says I love it <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah and uh, obviously Howard Finkel passed away not long ago what's your uh, what's your favorite memory of Howard Finkel 
just Howard was uh, very knowledgeable, but just a great guy. I mean, he was a good listener, and he he knew the right things to say. He was very calm. But you know, we uh, we got to hang out with Howard and and drink with him a few times and have dinner and just nice stuff. I always got fond memories of Howard. Cool. And uh, so, not long after this is the when you um, eventually left uh, WWE. Um, how did it happen? Did you decide to leave? Uh, was it a case that too many injuries was racking up? What caused you to uh, leave WWE in the end? Well, I just had the uh, I'd come home after that. You know, when we were Southern Justice, and uh, I'd come home and I went to uh, St. Mary's in Nashville, the hospital, and they said, you know, you're going to have to do something. You, it's, uh, you got a fracture in there and it's herniated and it's pinching a nerve. And I was losing my tricep. I couldn't, I couldn't push 20 pound dumbbell over my head with my right arm, but I was doing 90 pounds with my left one. So I knew something wasn't right. And mm-hmm. so I went to Nashville and, uh, you know, Vince paid for my surgery. It was about $48,000. Wow. And they fused my C6, C7 together. And then, uh, I think it was about two months later, uh, Bruce Pritchard called and said, yeah, well, we're going to let you go until later on. Maybe if you get better, you can come back. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a nice business sometimes, and people will stab you in the back. And yeah. you just got to be careful. Yeah, um, I've heard that a few times. People say um, exactly what you said. Like it can be good, but I, th- I think I don't know if it is. It seems to be a, um, a lot less political these days. I would imagine, but I would imagine there's still politics in place. But I know, like back in your era, and that it was it was very ruthless, especially as we went uh, talked about Montreal. The uh, Cat fighting between uh, Brett and uh, Sean and things like that, and uh, it looks like the one guy who never really got too involved with the drama was uh, Taker, I suppose. Yeah, Taker was—he was just Taker, you know. He was never really got excited about stuff. Uh, one time I seen him get real, real mad was the night uh, Mabel splashed me and. Nashville in a battle royal and right. slammed me and then splashed me. I thought it broke my back and I walked back to the locker room and fell down back there and I had the doctor come in and was icing me and give me a shot of Toradol on my back. And I look over and Taker is pissed. He's taping his fists up. <laughs> trying That's to come you know. down and Mabel, Mabel walks through the door and Taker's what the fuck are you doing? It's a, it's a, it's a rumble. It's a, you know, and he was going after him and they grabbed him. And, uh, and then Mabel was fired the week after that. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's uh, the second story I Taker, heard Taker's of that. Yeah. Taker's got a little bit of clout, you know, <laughs> just a yeah. little, he's uh he's judge Taker. I hear at wrestler's court. <laughs> well, that? Uh, I said he's uh, uh, he's Judge uh, Undertaker from what I hear at Wrestler's Court. 
Well, that was what I was going to ask you. Um, so we, we've had your Owen Hart story. So before we uh, sign off, uh, wrestlers court, like uh, Kevin just said, Taker was uh, the judge. So what's your favorite re- uh, wrestlers court story you was involved with uh, or what you've seen or heard? Uh, there was a lot of little ones that I can't remember, but I remember that the Mabel thing was the wrestler's court. Right. It, it seemed like something involving Nash or something too one time, but I can't remember. Yeah, there's a story Nash did, or Nash said that was actually very similar to what you said. Um, supposedly where he told Mabel, like, listen, that thing where I'm lying down flat and then you just kick your legs out and land on lo- the lower back, don't do it. And during the match, he did it. So, uh, you know, it was kind of the same uh, backstory as the one you just said, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember a rest, the wrestlers court on some, on a couple of them. But a lot of them were, were just joke, too. They'd say, oh, that's going to wrestlers court, you know. <laughs> Just ripping people <laughs> <and> stuff. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so the last segment we got, uh, Mike. Before we signing off, uh, so the segment's cool, uh, cool or pig shit. So I'm going to list off a few names, and if they're cool, they're cool. If they belong in the pig shit, they belong in the pig shit. How's that sound for you? <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> cool. First name, Bret Hart. Hello. Oh, hey. Hello. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so first name, uh, Brett. Yeah, you broke up there. I didn't hear. Uh, all I got was Brett. Yeah, uh, Brett Hart. Cool or pig shit? Cool or pig shit? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Diesel. Cool. HBK, Shawn Michaels. Cool, but a little shitty. <laughs> That's usually cool what people's answer album. is back in the 90s. Now they say he's a different guy, but back then. Yeah, he, he was uh, he was a, he was a little smart-ass sometimes back then. But I've been with Sean on a few shows, and he's changed, you know, getting older and just ain't as pretty as he used to be. He's realizing <laughs> that. Yeah, he's bald now. I showed my uh, brother when he had his match in Saudi and he was bald. Uh, My brother, uh, my younger brother, doesn't really watch wrestling that much, but he's the biggest Shawn Michaels fan. And when I showed him the picture of Shawn Michaels, my brother started crying. He's like, What happened to him? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, What did he do? Start crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he lost his smile (laughs) when he saw the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so next one uh, take us cool we already know that Um, yeah uh, Skip Chris Candido Chris was a good guy quiet Uh, he was professional you know but liked to have fun Uh, put up with a lot of shit with Sonny but uh, yeah I felt sorry for Chris in that sense sometimes yeah uh, we've already talked about Sunny. Uh, back then, she was pig shit. Today, I suppose she's more cool. Uh, next one, uh, go dust. Dustin Rhodes. Oh, we were tight with Gold Dust. He's he's always been cool with me. Him and 
Marlena both. And uh, we, matter of fact, when me and Tech started in WCW, we were hanging out with Barry Wyndham, and then Dustin came, and they were tight anyway, so we were hanging out with Dustin and Barry all the time. And uh, we used to go out to Dustin's and Marlena's and cook out, because he lived out there towards Steve, and uh, yeah. Dusty would come over. So that was that was awesome times to go out to Dustin's and Dusty would come over and we would drink beer and talk wrestling and watch football and cook out. You just can't get, you know, those are great memories. That makes me happy. Uh, a lot of people love to go with us. So that makes me happy. And, um, next one, um, we mentioned, you mentioned the Owen Hart story, but I suppose, uh, Bulldog. I never had any trouble with Bulldog. Uh, he, you know, we hung out. I, before Tex come up, I was on the road with him and Luger some. I roomed with them a few times. Now, they, yeah. David Bull was the river. That was the only thing that was aggravating about him. Hell, he'd rid you. <laughs> and he was fine. And uh, next one, uh, Mark Merrow and Sable. Uh, I don't know. Sort of out of my league. <laughs> uh, next one. Not not many people talks about. It. I used to enjoy watching him when he was there. Uh, Todd Pettengill. Who? Todd Pettengill. You know the guy who done the commentaries. Uh, the, the announcer oh. guy, P- Pettengill. Love him. He's a great guy. Just seen him last year. Oh, cool! How's he? Uh, he he's just come back to he done like uh, the NXT in your house like throwback episode, and uh, he he looks like he hasn't aged a day. <laughs> I know he still looks good. He was he was a great guy, and uh, we did some you know we did some dinners and drinking with him. So he yeah, I liked him. Awesome, uh, Shane McMahon. Shane. Me and him's pretty tight. I, I got to take up for Shane because when I first started, I was living down in Tennessee, and Shane was working for Vince, and he's the one that flew down and did my vignettes at the old farm down there with the pigs and all. You know, when I first started coming out, then pigs that were yeah. running around, mm-hmm. that was in Tennessee. Well, Shane shot all them vignettes down there. Oh, cool. So he, he comes to the yeah, he came to the house uh, after that and, you know, played with my boys and we had dinner and then he went back to Knoxville and left the next day. But Sean or Shane is a hard worker and he, he'll give his body up. You can't say he won't. No. I always like Shane. Yeah, Shane's cool. Uh, next one, you mentioned him earlier Drew, uh, about Sonny's meal. Uh, the kids, X-Pac. Kid, he was he was a jokester too, liked to rib and you know yeah he, he had some issues and good worker just uh, got to where he wasn't that dependable. Yeah, and um, Jeff Jarrett. Oh God, Jeff Jarrett. That's when I first got up to WWE. That's who I was on the road with was Jeff, and then. I think Road Dog started about six few months after me, and then he was a loner, so he got in with me and Jeff, 
and we run yeah. together. And uh, yeah, that was that was crazy times with them them two. Oh my God, it's the one that we didn't uh, either die or go to jail. <laughs> hey, he's still going though. It's all good. And last uh, last name on the list, uh, Ahmed Johnson. There must be a good Ahmed Johnson story. <laughs> oh yeah, shitty. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the other. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one on him. It's a sort of a BS case to him. Oh, great. He didn't have nobody to ride with. And we were in right. St. Louis. So we, uh, we, he run, he got a room beside ours. And, you know, Ahmed never really partied. He's all about his body and stuff. And, uh, but he wanted to go out drinking with me and, and I think Savio was there that night and Rikishi. Well, we started hammering him with the shots. <laughs> and we got him, got him in the car and got him back to the hotel. He did like $400 worth of damage to his room and blamed everything oh. on us. And I'll never go out with them again. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hot bad story. <laughs> that's great i would love to uh get him on. I, I i can't seem to find him on social media or any or anywhere so i'm trying to because uh, i'll be honest uh mark a lot of people don't look at the new generation fondly but me and kevin that's kind of the era we grew up with like kevin's born in 90 i'm born in 89 so us being five six or seven year olds this is like our introduction into wrestling and we love the new generation, so I'm trying to like speak to anyone from new generation just to get the stories because there's so many entertaining stories like you've told us a few tonight, which we've loved listening to. So, uh, so I'm just trying to like um, you know try to get into contact with everyone in that. So, uh, but it's been great. But yeah, uh, so yeah, well, that's, I guess that'll wrap things up for now. Hopefully, we we'll do a part two. But uh, before we leave, uh, Mark, do you want to uh, plug your social media? What's that? Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, before we go, do you want to uh, tell everyone where to find you on Instagram and on um, Facebook and everywhere? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook. It's Mark and Tracy Canterbury. I'm just getting on the uh, the Twitter now. So, But I want to thank you guys, man, for keeping this going and appreciating the good air that's, that's gone forever and never be the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed all the guys. Some of them got, a couple of them got on my nerves and pissed me off, but <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. That was a great, great air. Oh, Absolutely. like I said, we loved it. And uh, there's so many ent- entertaining stories. And like I said, uh, uh, we, we spoke to Duke last week and uh, we'll, we'll be releasing that episode out soon as well. And uh, he said, hello back to you. And uh he had some good stories to tell, and like yourself, for example, you had some really good stories. What we love tonight, so uh, it was a great area, and uh, I think people's starting to look more fondly back on it now in the last uh, in recent years. So um, it's great, and uh, we loved it. And if ever you're free, I, I can imagine we've only just scratched the surface of the stories you've got to tell, anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Maybe next time uh, before we do it call and we'll we'll talk a little bit yeah uh, what you want to go we'll go by and we can uh focus on that 
yeah, that'd be awesome, and uh, it would be great. Mm-hmm. So sounds great. Thank you very, thank you very much. So yeah, let, uh, me, let me ask you, let me ask you this real quick: mm-hmm. Is there any way that you get like two guys on your cast at the same time? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, we we'd be able to sort it out. Uh, you thinking of inviting the Phineas? <laughs> yeah, Phineas or oh, yeah, awesome. Phineas would be good. Oh, that'd be and great. we got stories. <laughs> and we got stories we'll have to take to the grave too but we got stories we, could say, we, we can send you liquor money both of you if you are all trying to you know have a few drinks and tell some stories you know <laughs> even better yeah, oh, yeah. now if if we if we have a, a cold tasty beverage before it's hard to tell what we'll say oh, it's, a, it's a deal Mark and if and I don't know who you're in touch with still these days like in the wrestling uh, world but yeah, if they, if you know, if you want to chat to them and say, you know, there's this English guy and this guy from Philadelphia, and they're they're doing interviews with you know new generation guys, give them a shout, and uh, you know we'll have a good conversation and have some sort of a re- reunion. Uh, get a few, uh, you know, uh, Brucey's on the go, and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, I know I could get uh, probably Phineas and Rakishi and uh, Papa to do it. God, oh, it'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be very. It'd be greatly appreciated, so y'all, Mark. Um, y'all just uh, keep up the good work and uh, keep in touch, and we'll do it again. Yeah, and as soon as we get this uh, video edited, I'll be sure to tag you and to let you know when it's been released anyway. Yeah, we'll get it to you so you can okay, watch so it or listen to it. be cool, man. Absolutely. Cool. All right, thanks, thanks very much, Mark, and we'll chat again. Okay, thank you, guys. Hey, it's been an honor. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.